there. Thanks so much for joining me today. Today we're going to be talking about hoarding. Let's acknowledge Jesus. Jesus, you want us to know your way. You want us to have your perception. You want us to see through your eyes, and we just want that too. We thank you so much that you said when we gathered, you'd be there. And so we acknowledge your presence. We thank you for teaching us, helping us, help us to get it. Help us to prepare for your return. Help us to really understand. Give you all the praise and all the glory in your name. Amen. I just wanted to remind you what Jesus said to me just a couple days ago. It was audible, and um, he said, the hour of Jesus has come. And then I asked him what he meant, and he said, the hour of testing has had come. And then a couple days later, it, it's like, he, you know, when you refresh your computer, he keeps refreshing it. Because you know what? If he doesn't do that, we forget. Then he said, a greater hour of testing is at hand a couple days later when I started settling back down. But you know what he's trying to teach us is how to be ready for him. Because if we don't obey him, we don't love him. And then on that day, he's going to say, away from me, I never knew you, you who practice lawlessness. So right in the middle of this big test, people are hoarding. And, you know, even before um, this happened, people are hoarding. But now it's like hoarding even more. Do you ever see one of those shows where people have so much stuff in their house that they can't even live there? They have things packed up. And I just want you to know that that is the enemy. I'm getting way ahead of myself here, but it's so crazy how we let the enemy control us and we don't even know it. I just want to finish this. So he also said he was frustrated and he said, obey me. So we got the word of God to obey. And so we got to look at the word of God so we know what to do. So on that day, he doesn't say, away from me, you who practice lawlessness. I wasn't acquainted with you. And, you know, we also talked about how he's calling us to do that greater work. It's all, everything he's asking us to do is a greater work. But we are called to work for him. We're called to be a disciple. So anyway, in Matthew chapter 6, it says in chapter, in verse 19, Do not gather and heap up and store for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust and worm consume and destroy where thieves break in and steal. But gather up and heap up, store for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust or worm can consume and destroy, where thieves do not break and steal. For there where your treasure is will your heart be also. So what's God saying to us? I think if we look um, right away in the first chapter, we can kind of figure it out. And Jesus said, take care not to do good deeds publicly. So he's saying, don't do things publicly. And whenever you give to the poor, don't let your right hand know what your left hand is doing. Um, so he said, because then we're, we're a hypocrite and we're not to be like that. And, when you, um, and then he said, when you pray, don't make a big deal of it. Don't get all these fancy words. And why is he saying that? Because our treasure then is in recognition. And then he goes on to say that when you fast, that, is that where I am? Well, actually, then he went on to tell us how to pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And to forgive, that's the other thing that we have to forgive. You know, if you don't forgive, it's really all about you. 
It is. If you're not willing to forgive, then it's all about you. It's you first. And that is not right, not in God's kingdom. If you want to live in heaven, this is all storing up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Because really living in heaven, living in God's kingdom is not living about you first. You're not first. He's first and your neighbor is first. And so we care about what other people care about before we care about what we care about. So anyway, that's what he's saying. He's saying that you're look, if you're looking for recognition. Then he goes on to say that when you fast, um, don't make a big deal out of it because then you got your reward already. And then the, that, that's when he said, don't gather up for yourselves treasures on earth. You know, um, I was thinking this morning, or it was probably him, his thoughts, and, you know, we're telling everybody not to be afraid and um, reading to them Psalm 91. And these people that we're talking to don't even know God. And Psalm 91 says, he who makes him their most high. And so the first thing that they have to do is have this relationship with God, right? We have to be in relationship with him. We have to obey him. We have to agree with him. And so the thing is, is if we agree with him and he is our treasure, then we're going to see we don't have to be afraid. If he's our treasure, then we know we don't have to hoard things up. If we know God, then we know this right here is really, really temporary. And so, you know, you can do all the hoarding you want, but it's not going to give you get you to heaven. In fact, it's going to keep you from heaven. And so the thing is, is people that don't know God should know God and know that this, this is a temporary thing. So we have to teach the whole package. So it's not just that you don't have to be afraid, but you have to make him your most high and then know that he's going to take care of you. And that's what he says at the end of this chapter that, well, actually, then it goes on to say, in verse 24, no one can serve two masters. You can't serve God and something else. And, you know, that is the plan of the enemy because he knows if you have a God before God, you're not right with God. And so he's trying to get you to hoard up all this stuff, not only in fear and not knowing God and not knowing what you're doing at all. Really, you, you don't. You're, you're gathering all this stuff up in case you're going to need it later and have no idea that this place is going to end up desolate. There's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. God is going to burn the earth. He's going to start over and all the stuff in it. Nothing's going with us when we leave here. And so the enemy is trying to get people that don't know God and even um, people that think they know God to hoard up stuff, to have stuff, you know, and, and recognition and even eating too much food. And really what it is, is that it's a, a fulfillment of Jesus that you don't have is why you're hanging on to stuff, because we don't know what we're doing. We're just being led by the enemy, and we don't even know what's going on. He's He's got us in bondage to stuff. We have to have stuff to make us feel better, and really God needs to fill that void in our lives. And if we have God and we know God, and we're seeking Him for revelation knowledge, if He's our God then we're going to be going after him every day. Now we're going to have wisdom. We're going to have understanding. And we're going to know none of this stuff is, um, it, none of it's eternal. It's temporary. And it's only going to satisfy you for a little while. Think about when you eat too much. 
I used to do that. <laughs> and it's never satisfying. It's so good, and you want more, and you want more, and you want more, and it really never satisfies. It doesn't fulfill you. It doesn't make up for why you're eating. And you know, lots of people eat for comfort. I even heard on the news um, the lady saying that, you know, in this time we can at least eat for some comfort. And it, that is so messed up. And, you know, people just don't know Jesus. You need Jesus for comfort. He needs to be your sustenance. He needs to be the thing that you crave after. And so when you store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, what you're doing is you're, you're coming in agreement with God. And did you ever think about um, counting souls that you, counting people that you got saved? I didn't either, but I heard somebody talking about it the other day, and I thought, yeah, that's a treasure in heaven. Seeking God's way of doing and being right and being that living example, being that witness for those who don't know God is storing up treasures in heaven. And then God reminded me of some things that I did, and and that adds up in heaven. It's treasure, and we're going to be rewarded when we get there. And so our treasure... Or the thing that we should be going after is pleasing the Father. You know, He's about His people. He's in love with His children. He loves all of His children, and that is His quest. That is what He's doing. He, he wants to bring salvation to everyone. It's not His will that even one should perish. And so when we're Christians, when we're disciples, then that should be what our life is about, doing things His way so that others can see how good he is. And so when you're doing things his way, then you have your mind on what he has his mind on, which is other people, his children. It's not his will that one should perish. Doing things his way, living in his kingdom right here on the earth so that others can see how good he is. That is having treasures in heaven. When your focus is on God and pleasing Him and caring about what He cares about, you're going to have treasure in heaven. You know, He he said, delight yourself in Him, and He will give you the desires of your heart. So it's not like He's asking you to go without stuff, but He's asking you not to put stuff first, because if you put stuff first, you have a God before God, and then you've rejected Him. You've made something else your most high. And then, yeah, you better be afraid. And so he wants the truth out there. He's coming. He said the hour of Jesus is here. His coming is at hand. I don't think we have much longer, but I don't know the day or the hour. But as Paul says, said, we have an idea. We, we get it. We have understanding. We're, we're not in the dark. But those who are in the dark, we want to help them get out of the dark. We want them to see the truth. And so if we as Christians, if our life is about ourselves, What good are we doing? Where is our treasure? And then, you know, so much of the time, people think that they're right with God. He keeps asking me to tell people he's coming, he's coming. And um, people that call themselves Christians, and I say it that way because, you know, I think it's questionable um, because of some of their um, lifestyle habits. I mean, we all are growing, that's for sure. But when we stand before him, if he rejects us and we thought we were a Christian, we're not going to be a Christian. And so, so much of the time, um, I hear Christians saying that, 
yeah, I know Jesus is coming and I'm good, but you know what? I don't see the fruit in their life. I don't see them as a witness. And I'm not saying I got it all together, but they don't even care or think they have to do anything. And they, they, they say things like, yeah, I, I know, and Jesus did it all. I don't have to do anything. And we do. We have to be a witness. And Jesus, we just read a bunch of stuff we have to do. We can't have a God before God. So um, then verse 26, Jesus said, or actually I like verse 25, Therefore, I tell you, stop being perpetually uneasy and anxious and worried about your life, what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, and what you're going to wear. Your body, what you're going to put on, is life not greater in quality and food than the body and far above excellent than clothing. Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap or gather in barns, and yet your heavenly Father keeps on feeding them. That just always reminds me of when um, I first started getting really serious about God and he kept asking me to give away my sewing machine. And he kept giving me this verse and it took so long for it to click with me. But really what he was asking me to do is give up sewing. Stop trying to take care of myself because he had, I had a call in my life to do what I'm doing now. And so, um, you know, we don't have to worry. He's going to take care of us. And really it's a waste of time to be worrying about it because he's coming and we're not bringing anything with us. And and if, if we're so busy taking care of ourselves, then how are we going to do that greater work? We're not. So anyway, he said, and who of you by worrying, being anxious can add, um, where am I? Can add one unit of measure to his stature or the span of his life. And why should you be anxious about clothes? Consider the lilies of the field. They neither toil nor spin. That always got to me. It's so hard to let go of some, some things sometimes. And, and, you know, God is going to take you through that. And he's preparing you for heaven. He doesn't want anything to have you. Yeah, he wants you to have nice things, but not ahead of him. He doesn't care like we care. He cares about where we're going to end up. And he wants us to care about that. And so if you want to live with him for eternity, stop hoarding stuff up because it's going to keep you here. And then, you know, from there, we're just going to be taking it with us to heaven, to hell. And the reason I say that is because once um, I had a vision of something he asked me to put down and I didn't put it down. And I saw myself in the lake of fire with a sign saying, this is my God. And I'll tell you what it was. It was the ice cream cone he asked me to put down because at one time, food was my God. And so he wants to get all that out of you so that you can just stand before him on that day and he can say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. You're an overcomer. And when you're an overcomer, then your name is in the book of life. Um, someone asked me once when I didn't know the answer to it, if you can lose your salvation, and according to Revelation, you can't. Because if you're not an overcomer, it says that your name will be blotted out of the book of life. And so you have to overcome. You have to let God get those dead branches off of you so that you can fit into the kingdom of heaven. Don't hoard, hoard stuff up here on the earth where moth and rust can destroy. It's going to be destroyed, and so are you. But Hoard up for yourself. Think treasures in heaven instead, because then you're going to have great riches, great reward, eternal life. You'll be richly rewarded. 
and you're choosing God. Anyway, then Jesus said um, not to worry a couple times, and he said the heathen worry. They worry about what they're going to eat, what they're going to drink, and what they're going to wear, and they spend their whole life doing that. And that really is silly when you think about it, spending your whole life taking care, care of you. He said, isn't life greater than just taking care of yourself, worrying about what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, and what you're going to wear? And then he said, seek after, strive after. First of all, this is the Amplified Classic Bible, verse 33. Seek, seek after, strive after, first of all, and his, his kingdom, his righteousness, his way of doing and being right. And then all these things will be added to you. So don't be anxious about tomorrow because today has, has enough worries and anxieties of its own sufficient for each day in its own trouble. And so that's what God asked me to tell you today is not to be anxious, not to be hoarding stuff up. He's always going to make sure that you're cared for. He loves you. And when you take care, when you, when you um, take heed to his voice, he can take care of you. And he feel prompting me to tell you something. Um, when I when I was pregnant, God asked me to. Um, he asked me to do some things that I didn't do, and um, when my son was born, um, he was born with a birth defect. And God loves me so much, and He loves you so much. But He showed up even before I could call out to Him, and He told me there was nothing He could do, and I didn't know what He meant at the time. I didn't know, but um, he said I would see my son healed. And um, what what I learned is he can't do anything if we're in disobedience. And I disobeyed him, and he said he couldn't do anything. Because when we disobey him, then we're not right with him. We're not really his child. We've rejected him. And that's why on that day, if Jesus says to you, to us, um, you who practice lawlessness away from me, I never knew you. So if we disobey him, we're rejecting him. And then on that day, that's when it's going to show up. So you want to be corrected before that day. And then also, I always like to say that, you know, he said many on that day are going to say, Lord, we did this in your name. We did that in your name. And he's going to say away from me, I never knew you you who practice lawlessness. So it's people who thought they were right with him, people who thought they were Christians, right? When God corrects me, I have no idea that, um, I'll just say, I'm that bad. I didn't know. I didn't know I was sinning. I didn't know I wasn't obeying him. And so that's why we need that fellowship with him. You know, a lot of people say, I don't have time to get up and read my Bible every day. I don't have time to sit and worship him. You don't have time not to, because if you don't, you can't hear him. He can't correct you. And then you're not going to know what's going on. You're not going to know you're hoarding stuff up. You're not going to know you're using food. You're not going to know that um, the things on the earth are your treasure and they're temporal. They're not going to be here. They're going to burn everything. Everything here is just going to burn. I remember walking through the store a couple of years ago and God just showing me everything that we have to have that we hoard up that was on the shelves. I was just thinking, well, this is all just going to burn because the Bible tells us the earth is going to burn. He's going to start over again. Just like in the day of Noah, they're going to be eating and drinking and giving giving um, their sons and daughters in marriage or however it goes. And then all of a sudden, Jesus is going to be here. 
all of a sudden there was a flood. They didn't believe Noah. They didn't know. And all of a sudden, God was here, and he said he was sorry he even made man. And so that reminds me of what he said. He's frustrated. He's saying, obey me. I'm coming. And it's not my will that one should perish, yet you're not listening. So we got to listen. Listen to the word and, and stop trying to have treasures on the earth. It's not going to do you any good. Have your treasures in heaven. Seek him with all your heart. You're going to find out he's your precious pearl. He's the thing that you need. He's the core of your being. And your fulfillment will come from him. You got to take that time to get on your knees every day. You got to take the time to look at the word of God. You can't see without him. You can't see your sin, your error, your gods without him. You can't see that the, the things, well, maybe you would even get a glimpse of it because he does make himself known. You can get a glimpse of some something in your life that you know that's not good, but then you can't do anything about it without him. Jesus said, you can't do anything without me. John 15, 1 through 8, I'm the vine, you're the branches, the Father is the vine dresser, and I'm going to get the dead off of you. That's what he's saying. I'm going to get the dead branches off of you. If you stay on the vine, when you stay on the vine, you got to be willing to be corrected. I ask him to correct me all the time since my son was born with that birth defect. I don't want surprises. Actually, a year later, I had a surprise. He had emergency surgery. And I didn't understand it. And he said, you're hearing the word, but you're not doing it. And so I decided I'm going to do it. And sometimes it's hard. And then sometimes I don't even know I'm not doing it. And that's why you need to keep calling out to him. Ask him to correct you. Ask him to help you. Jesus said, "Um, you can't do anything without me. So don't jump off the vine. Just let him correct you. Sometimes it doesn't always feel good. And I just remember thinking the other day or talking about it or editing a video, I don't remember. But um, it doesn't always feel good. I was, I was talking about the rich man, how Jesus said, he said, how do I have eternal life? And Jesus said, give your stuff away, give it to the poor, and then follow me. And he didn't want to do that because his stuff meant too much to him. He was living in this temporal realm right here, you know, and... He, he couldn't see past that, and he left, grieved. And um, if he would have stayed at his feet, he would have heard Jesus say, no one gives anything up here on the earth, houses, mother, sister, brother, for the sake of the gospel, that he doesn't get a hundredfold return in this lifetime. So that just goes to prove that he might ask you to give things up because it's your God, but he's going to give you pressed down, shaken together, and running over back. And I've heard lots of stories where, um, right now I'm thinking of Jerry Savelle. God asked him to give up his motorcycles, and now he's giving it back to him, pressed down, shaking together, and running over. Luke 6.38, that's what I'm quoting. Give and it'll be given unto you, pressed down, shaking together, and running over. You give up your little gods, God's going to give them back to you even more. He's so good, so in love with you. First thing you got to do is receive him in your heart. Revelation 3.20 says that he's knocking at the door of your heart, and if you invite him in, then he'll come in and he'll hang out with you. He'll teach you. He'll guide you into eternal life. He said, my sheep know my voice, and they follow me, and I give them eternal life. So that's what it's about. You want to follow him? Don't hoard things up here. 
but just hoard up the treasures of his wisdom, his revelation, knowledge, his love. Go after him with all your heart, and you will be richly rewarded here on earth and in heaven when you get there. And then your eternity will be for sure. And then you won't be in the midst of this mess that's going on here because you're going to have that peace, joy, and contentment from him loving on you because you spent that time with him to let him teach you, get all those little gods out of your life. You know, and the thing is, I want to say too, is he's so gentle, he's so kind. That's why you can't see all the things that are wrong because he only gives you a little bit at a time, helps you change it, and it's like you have this never-ending list of things he asks you to change, to be more and more like him. He recreates you to, to be like him. And then he puts you on that path that leads to the good life. <laughs> so good. He's so in love with you. You know, when he was here, I was like to say that, you know, him and the disciples were so close. And then he told them that he was going to leave and they were grieving. And he said, I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. And he's going to live on the inside of you, and he's going to be everything you need. He's going to be your counselor, your standby. He's going to be there for you all the time. And he's not going to speak of his own accord, but he's going to speak what only the Father tells him to say. So he's going to remind you of things to come. Um, he's going to tell you things to come and remind you of things that he said. And so that's what happens. His Spirit comes and lives on the inside of you, and he's there for you all the time. Jesus laid down his life for you. And that's how that can happen. He made us right with the Father. You know, we, we couldn't get it right. And so he bore sickness or disease or sorrow or pain. And so we can be forgiven. We can mess up and be forgiven. He's so good. So in love with us. If you want him to come in your life and just give you that peace and get rid of that fear and get rid of all that hoarding you do and overeating or whatever else it is, you want to get rid of that? Just ask him to come and live on the inside of you with me right now. Jesus, we thank you and praise you that you are all we need. We ask you and we just ask you right now to come. We just take that invitation that you gave and we're asking you to come, live on the inside of us and be our God. Teach us your way. We thank you and praise you that um, you would just teach us, fulfill, uh, yeah, that you would teach us and fill us with your spirit. Just fill us with understanding, revelation, knowledge. Help us to walk in your way. Help us to stay on that vine and get all those dead branches off of us and fit us for heaven. We want to please you. We don't want to frustrate you. Help us to obey you. You said we can't do it without you, so we're asking you to help us. Help us to get it right. Help us to be ready for your return and be a witness and prepare the way for you by being that witness for you. We love you praise you, give you all the glory in your name. We pray, amen. So if you said that prayer, he's really living on the inside of you, and you're going to start hearing him talk to you, and you got to know what he's thinking, so you want to go to his word to find out. John 1, 1 tells us he is his word, and then obey that word. Don't make the mistake of just listening, but do it. And you know what? There's no churches to go to right now. So you're going to have to do this thing with just you and Jesus. He's going to help you, though. And then you're just kind of, um, a good thing about it is sometimes in church you learn the wrong thing and you're too dependent on um, a preacher. And I never even thought of this until now. But yeah, so you can get it right just by looking at the Word and letting the Holy Spirit teach you. And then just having that one opinion, which is His opinion. 
and not the opinion of someone else. You got everything that you think, it should match up with the Word of God. Corinthians tells us to take captive every thought and make it like the Word of God. You got to think His thoughts. You got to think His thoughts to be in agreement with Him. You can't think what you think and then compare it to what He thinks and then disagree with what He thinks because His way is the right way and His way is the way to the Father. Jesus is the way to the Father. And if you want to live with Him forever, then you got to come in agreement with Him, not Him, you. Doesn't matter what you think. I tried that. Doesn't work. <laughs> so, if you said a prayer, I'd love it so much if you let me know. If I inspired you in any way, I would love it if you let me know. And um, start, if you never read the Word of God before, start in the New Testament. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Get to know Jesus. Get to know the one who laid down his life for you, who made everything all new for you. Thanks so much for listening today, and God bless you.